said amen you may be seated Luke chapter number 15 this morning it is here in Luke's gospel where we find ourselves uh, reading where the Lord Jesus has appeared uh, before the publicans and the sinners verse number one said that the sinners and the publicans drew near unto Jesus to hear what he had to say but in verse number two we find another group of people the Bible said among those that that day uh, but, 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 uh, beside the publican and the sinner you see there's uh, the Pharisees uh, and the scribes and uh, when Jesus began to approach the sinner the Bible said that he began to sin he began to, uh, to eat with the sinner now this was not an act of fellowship uh, but rather God was going listen now somebody ought to act so y'all ain't acting safe already uh, this is where the Lord uh, when they could not get to where he was he came to them amen my friend he came to where the publicans and the sinners were and of course among the crowd there was the religious Pharisees and in case you're wondering what a Pharisee is it's somebody that sees everybody else's sin but won't deal with their own sin that's what these Pharisees were doing and these scribes and they were looking and here comes Jehovah God at the son of the living God and they've already talked about how he can't be the right one and then all of a sudden when they see him sit down among the sinners and they begin to minister to the sinners they said oh this ain't the Lord Jesus he's not the one the son of God would never oh cause see they was all dignified and they was too listen to me they was too holy to sit with the sinners come on son you better watch that crowd you better watch that crowd you better watch that crowd that stares down their nose at everybody. Let me tell you something. I got enough problems with me. I can't find all your faults uh, and all your failures. I ain't trying to do the job of the Holy Ghost. Uh, if God needs you to see your faults, God will deal with you on your faults. Uh, it ain't my job, but you better hear me. I'm going to preach that Bible. I'm going to preach on sin. I like what Brother Mark said. He said, and if your phone rings, pick it up. Amen. Uh, my friend, can I say uh, when Jesus sets down with the sinners, uh, the religious folk get mad. Sounds about right. Uh, uh, can I say when God begins to move uh, and begins to save sinners uh, and begins to save religious folks, listen now, and begins to work in the hearts of people, they's always, always, always uh, and always has been a religious Pharisee somewhere around uh, uh, that's going to step back and say, I just don't know about all that. I just don't know. I mean, I mean, I just I can't figure out why God would do something like that with people like that. Uh, but my friend, may I say I agree with them. I don't know why he would either. But I know on January the 9th, 2000, that uh, God the Holy Ghost came by as a seven-year-old boy convicted my heart. Uh, I called on his name. Hell moved out. Heaven moved in. And I've been saved ever since. Amen. I'm glad to report to you this morning, he's still sitting among sinners. The Bible said he came to seek and save that which was lost. You want to know why some people can't ever get saved? They never got lost. 
They refuse to admit that they've been lost, that they're lost. Uh, listen, I've talked to folks after, I mean, I've talked to people after people after people. I say, have you ever been born again? Well, I got baptized. That ain't what I, that ain't what I ask. Uh, have you ever been, if you were to die right now, would you go to heaven? I've heard them say, well, I think I would. Can I say, you don't have to think this morning. Uh, you can walk out of here and know that you know, that you know, uh, that you know that you've been saved. Uh, may I say, I've asked them if you, if you closed your eyes in death today, would you go to heaven or hell? And they say, well, I hope I'd go to heaven. Uh, and I say, well, what are you hoping then? Well, you know, I'm a charter member down there at the so-and-so church down the road. And, uh, you know, I, I taught Sunday school for 35 years. May I say, I'm glad that for people that teach Sunday school, uh, but you better hear me and hear me well. It does no good what you do. Uh, the work of salvation is not in us. Uh, it's on a hill called Calvary. It was on the on the cross where the Lamb of God uh, shed His blood for the sin of the whole world. I couldn't make my way in on my own if I had to. But thank God He paid what I could not pay. He's sitting among sinners in the Pharisees. I want you to see their response to Jesus sitting and eating among those who were lost. We find that they murmured because He had came to sinners. By the way, can I say the only reason Jesus ever approaches a sinner, it's not to shake hands and, and find out how their day's been. But when Jesus walks up in your life, friend, listen to me. Some of y'all already, I believe, that the Lord's probably already dealt with some folks. and You don't know, you say, Lord, I don't know what that is. I don't know what that is that I feel. I don't understand all that. By the way, if you don't understand down at the cross where my Savior died, dead work for cleansing from sin understand that friend uh, it's because you've never felt God uh, the Holy Ghost come by and lift your sin off you uh, and I say that's the weight of sin uh, in the heart of every man woman boy and girl uh, but 
when you call on God. May I, somebody's got to help me today. May I remind you that there's still a fountain that's filled with blood and it's drawn from Emmanuel's veins and sinners plunge beneath the flood. They lose all their guilty stains. When God moves in a little old person, a little old human being like us, you better know if the God of heaven, listen to me, if the God of heaven is living inside of you, friend, He's going to poke out somewhere. I'm saying, hey, ain't nobody can have the God of glory in their heart without Him shining somewhere in their life. I don't. I ain't, I ain't buying this religious stuff. That well, I'm just gonna. Leave, I'm gonna do me. What verse and chapter is that? Come on, somebody. Some, I, listen, I preach like this every week. Yeah. Some of y'all thinking, my God, what in the world's wrong with him? I'm preaching that Bible, and that's making you uncomfortable because that's what it does. That's right. It's focused. Hey, man. The problem today is these churches are taking the Bible, they're trying to conform and twist and compromise the Bible to fit the life of the people. But that ain't how it works. It should be the life that changes in the people, and they should conform themselves to the Word of God. May I say my standard and your standard will never be high enough uh, of his standard and his word. Uh, it's pure and holy. It's infallible, inspired. Uh, it's the truth. And by the way, the Bible still says that those who know the truth can be free and free indeed. Amen. Amen. I'm a young man, but I listen to me. I'm not I'm not going that route. We're not going to close it. We're not going to shut the lights off, turn the bar lights on and have a... Come on, somebody. We're not going to have a... We're not going to have a fist-pumping mosh pit in the name of Jesus. My friend, we're going to keep every light we can get on. We're going to need... We're going to add some more lights just to be as opposite as we can. And we're going to stay true to that book. And if you're looking for a real church, that's what you're looking for anyhow. And if you ain't, ain't nothing I can do to help you, but the Lord Jesus can. I'm trying to tell you this morning that Jesus came to set and to save sinners. Came to save sinners. You can't, you can't get God down on your level. You gotta listen to me. You gotta, you gotta meet His. You gotta go where He is and try your best to live according to this Bible. If you're gonna live a Christian life, and so it's here in Luke's gospel. You know, Luke is known as the book for sinners. If you were to study, go home. You can, you can, you can. This is a new term in 2021. You can fact check me. Come on, somebody, help me. You can fact check me if you want. Trump would say, you can fact check me if you'd like. I'm always right. You know. But you can fact check me 17 times in the, in the book of Luke. More than any other book in the Bible, you'll find the word sin or in its form, sinners. Sin or sinners, it's in there 17 times. Sin is in the book of Luke more than it's in any other book. There's 66 of them. But more than it's in any other book of the Bible, sin is found 17 times in the book of Luke. But also right across this, there's another word that's found more in the book of Luke than any other Bible or any other book in the Bible, and that word is forgive in its form. Forgive, forgive on for day. You'll find the word sin or sinners 17 times. Fact checking for it. Or you can then you can go and you can find the word forgive, forgive it, or forgave, and you'll find it 18 times in the book of Luke. So what are you saying? I'm 
I'm trying to tell you, for every sin that you have, and for every sin that I have, and for every sin that the world has to live against God, there is more forgiveness than there are sin. Listen, for every, for every ounce of sin, there's a wide load of grace. I'm trying to tell you that God still saving sinners. I've met people, poor thing. We met a fellow, his name's Phil. I've talked to him about every other day since we met him. And he's going to come to church, and I believe him. But we ran into him last Sunday, and I'm telling you, poor thing. I feel so sorry for him. He's, I don't know, 50s maybe? Somewhere in there. Man, we went to the flea market, because that's what old people do. And I'm not old, but I feel like I'm old sometimes. And I went to Brother Dax. We was going up through that. We started looking, and we came up this old fella. He had a few guns. And of course, I stopped. Amen. Second Amendment rights. Come on, somebody. Right to pain. Well, I'm going to keep my mouth shut. So we went by, and we started looking at guns, and son, when his mouth opened, my God in heaven, he made Peter crawl under a rock hide somewhere. Or cussing Peter. This fella could not speak. I'm telling the truth. I mean, I don't know if he even said a sentence. All I think he just said that's word. I said, look at him. We went back to each other and said, oh, we're going to have to witness to this guy. We got to We ain't got no hope. We've got to help him. So he carried on cuss for another 20 minutes or so. I repented 18 times for his cussing. Because I felt dirty. But that's it. Went over to him and he said, Sir, do you, someone asked you something. If you died right now, would you, where would you go? Would you go to heaven or hell? He said, I go to hell. But Dex said, You know, you don't have to. And he started talking to him. Then, I, then he come over, they come over where I was and I started talking to him. I said, Philip, what's, man, what in the world's out there worth going to hell of? He said, You just don't understand. He said, You don't know what kind of sin I am. He said, I'm full of hate. He said, my, my, my daddy growing up abused me. He didn't say in what form, but he said he was abused growing up. And he said, I can, he said, I can stand here honestly and tell you, I'm sorry to say it, but I can't, I hate my daddy. Right. He said, that hate that's in me, I can't get rid of. He said, I've tried everything. He said, I've tried everything. He said, I know, I know about the Lord. I mean, he was quoting scripture. He said, I've read that Bible. He said, I know what it says. He said, but I'm a type of man. He said, if I can't give my all, I ain't giving nothing. I said, Philip, here's where you're making a mistake, sir. I said, you're trying to deal with this hate when you're wrong. And I said, until you realize you're never going to be able to hate, uh, take care of that hate, you're never going to be able uh, to throw that hate off on your own. And you're never going to be able to deal with that hate that's in your heart all by yourself until you realize uh, that you've got to have his help. You'll never get rid of it. I said, but Philip, if you'll take just a moment uh, to realize that your sin and the condition of your soul is far more important than you could ever imagine and you'll come to Jesus I said you can't get right before you come you get right when you come I said if you'll make your way to Jesus he'll not only take that hate but he'll pass it to see a forgetfulness and he'll wash it white as snow and he'll have he'll redeem you and restore you from the inside out I I just don't know how how such a wonderful God could love a sinner like me. I said, felt that too. He came to die for it. 
He said, Behold, he's not a physician, but they are sick. Right. He said, They come to seek and to save that which was lost. I'll tell you, the vilest of vile is who Jesus died for. That's right. I know how it appears to the world. We put our nice clothes on and told our Bibles on. I probably ain't going to get to nothing I thought I was going to get. We told our Bibles under our arm. We come in and, and, and we'll, we'll shout, shed a tear or two and tithe a, a dime or two and then you'll go out to eat. And, the, and, and Christian church folks mean the devil on Sunday morning. They, they stick their waiters and their waitresses and they're not kind and they complain about every blessed fire thing that they bring out and they're snooty because they think I've been lost. Listen, that world's not a second class citizen. If we got what we deserve, if I got what I deserve, if you got what you deserve, we'd all be in hell's eye for all that sin and come show the glory of God. Only difference in me and the drunk passed out his own vomit. Only difference in you that Jonathan and the biggest dump at it in all county is one thing that the blood of the Lord Jesus has lost my sin away. Because even they know at the name of Jesus. 
Jesus and his name. They must flee. I'm trying to tell you this morning. So don't be take off the coat and a punk in the mask and realize, hey, I know the brethren are rotten. I know churches do people wrong. I know life's unfair. I know all that. But he's worthy. Come to the sinners and and publicans to save them. I heard, I heard it with my own ears, man. She went from screaming, agonizing to shouting. When she began shouting, she set off my shout there. I ain't never been a good shouter because of this. I do this three times a week. I hardly ain't got my voice to shout. I started shouting over there. And later on, that night or the next night we got to talking. I said, Mom, you know, if I, if I could if I could ever preach past my introduction, I could, you know, tell you a lot more stuff. But I said, Mom, you know, and it's here in our text several times. The Bible said when the sinner repents, it's saved. There's rejoicing in heaven. And over yonder she's got mother. And over yonder she's got a father and a stepfather all saved. Good godly testimony was there for two of them. I was in their dying days, and the peace that passed on, standing with the Spirit of God. You could, I mean, they're saved. <laughs> you know, I, they probably hadn't been thinking much about whether or not Mom was saved until her name was announced over the intercom of heaven. Yeah. Come on, somebody! Y'all yeah. act like Presbyterians again. I'm talking about when the Lord Jesus stood up in the presence of the angels and said, I've got an announcement to make. I've just lost another one. And all them saints are saying, glory to the Lamb. Glory to the Lamb. And they said, who is it, Lord? Who is it? And he said, her name is Marilyn Griffin. And she's 45 years old. And she's praying that song right beside I, I can just imagine at that very moment, the three loved ones, and then more loved ones, and I think they overheard her name. And they started jumping for joy. Yeah. Jerry said that life is better than 
chase away. We don't have time to waste, friend. You've got to be saved. Oh, Jesus is dead. I'm not trying to reopen wounds, Sister Janae and John and Shelby. Y'all, but I'm looking at all these young folks. And I go back to the funeral I did a few months ago. Please don't let me rehash something in your heart. I'm not trying to hurt you by mentioning this. Come off the hard work done. But listen to the young people. And I hope every one of you is, is, is God saved the pudding out of you. I hope you're saved. Yeah, man. Let me tell you something. no respect for a person. That's right. young folks over here. You say, oh, my Lord, Brother Josh, these are all busy. That's right. I'm taking my opportunity to preach to them. Amen. I'm going to get another chance to preach to these people. I hope y'all come back and start coming every second week. I do. God's trying to build a church here, y'all. Amen. Matter of fact, I ain't going to ask. I'm going to tell you, you ain't got church, come back. Amen. You say, don't go about all that red face spitting. You'll appreciate it one of these days. Amen. I'll do it because it's fun. I'll do fat for all that. It's real, friend. I'll sit over and ask it, young people. Uh, boy's name was Nick. I don't know if I had this thing in here or not. I used to. Thank you, good master. Nick. And uh, long story short, how old was he? 18 or 19? 19. 19 years old. We went to the funeral home on Saturday. And Nick was there uh, mourning the loss of his grandmother. We were there on Saturday. It was Geneva and Christine. It was her grandmother. I walked in and we had the service and we cried. Nick was there crying, mourning the loss of his grandmother. Now she was a saved woman, thank God. But, you know, Nick thought, he heard the gospel preached. I'm sure he thought he had eternity. He had, or excuse me, I'm sure he had time to prepare. He thought he had time to prepare for eternity. Just 19 years old, friends. But, you know, long story short, before the sun could rise the next morning, Nick was in eternity. 19 years old. Now listen to me. That did not catch God off guard. It caught all of us off guard. But did not catch God. And I got I got preaching. I, I preached next few It was an honor. There was a few people saved there. And I got to thinking about that. And I, I went and got his picture. I still had it in my Bible. Or his grandmother's picture. I still had it in my Bible. You know, the little thing they give you when you go to the funeral home. And I got it out and I had it up. And I said, this is, this is what I'm holding. was found in the back pocket of 19-year-old Nick when he passed away. He's looking at someone else's eternity. Didn't even have time to get it out of his pocket before he met his. Right. Are you listening to me? This is real stuff. It's real, man. And listen to me this morning. I, again, I'm not trying, to, I'm not trying to, 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 to take away from that, but God showed me something. I can preach different now to young people than I've ever been able to. Right. I've seen God take older adults suddenly and unexpected. I've seen all that. But for me, that was the first real up-close personal yeah. experience I've ever had. That when your time comes, it's gone. He came to save. came to sit and save the sinner. I've got a whole outline that goes all the way to Luke 16, but I ain't got time to preach it, so I'm just going to tell it to you, and I may preach it next week or Wednesday or something. But you see four types of a sinner's prayer in Luke 15 and in Luke 16. Number one, you see, and I don't have time to, to read it all, but 
Number one, you see the prayer of a sinner from the scenario of a lost sheep. There's a lost sheep in our text. The Bible said that the Lord Jesus left the 90 and 9 and went after the one. And after he got that little sheep, the Bible said that, that he put him up on his shoulders and carried him back. I'm going to think of how so many times when the Lord finds people, they don't have the strength to even get where to go where he wants them to go. But how he'll carry us. And I, I, I begin to think what it, what it is for God. You know that night my mom got said he left the 90 and 9. The scenario of the lost sheep, but then you look 15. You look here, so I don't get it wrong. Not only you got the lost sheep, but then you've got that scenario of a sinner's prayer in the light of the sanctuary. Can I read you this? The Bible said, uh, Bible said in verse 8. Either what woman having ten pieces of silver, if she lose one piece, and doth not light a candle, and sweep the house, and seek diligently till she find it. And when she had found it, she called her friends and her neighbors together, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the piece which I had lost. Likewise, I say to you, there is joy in the presence of the angels over uh, in the presence of angels of God over one sinner that repenteth. All throughout your Bible, a candle is a type and picture of the church. The Bible calls those seven churches the candlesticks. Right. Yeah. The church is a uh, candle is a type of church. And so here's what you find. There's one piece of those coins lost in the church. Mm-hmm. Y'all see that? Yeah. You say, how did they find that lost piece that was dwelling in the sanctuary? Number one, the light had to come on. Yeah. Yeah. He's here. Yeah. Then number two, they swept the house. That's the Holy Ghost job. Yeah. yeah. You know what he's doing this morning, Brother Dax? Yes, sir. He's walking pew to pew in his He's looking for you. He's searching. He's searching. Come on, somebody. The light of the sanctuary, the Holy Spirit of God's walking in and out, sweeping the hearts of men. He's looking for those who are lost. Amen. Then you've got another type. You've got the land of slop. Luke 15 is known for the prodigal son. Right. There's another sinner's prayer, the land of slop. He gets yonder in the far country. Y'all got your Bibles open? Some of y'all cut me off at 12. We've been long past 12. Come on. Look with me quickly. I want to show you this. Look at verse 12. Luke 15. Look at verse 12. Are you there? Say amen. amen. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, Say the next two words with me. One, two, three. Give me the portion of goods that follow to me. Look at verse 19. You know what his mentality was in verse 12? Give me, give me, give me, give me. I want everything you've got. Give it to me. You know the story. He gets it. Goes to the far country. Spends it all. Wastes his life. Has nothing. Comes to himself. Says, man, I need to to head back home. I'm lost. Look at verse 19. He said, give me in verse 12, verse 19. He said this. Well, let me read verse 18. He said, I will arise, go to my father, and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven before thee. Notice this, verse 19. And am no more worthy to be called thy son. Say the next two words with me. One, two, three. Make me as one of thy hired servants. In verse 12, his heart's getting me. It's all about him. In verse 19, after he's went down to the slop land, it's making me. 
Yeah. Let me tell you the difference in the in the heart of a saved man and a lost man. A lost man lives every everything about your life yeah. is for yourself. That's yeah. right. Self-centered. Give me. Give me. Give me. Right. You want to know what changes? When a lost man gets saved, yes, he goes from give me to make me. Yeah. Hey, make, I'm not much, but make what he, what's he, he's a son. But what's his request? Make me as one of thy hired servants. Hey, when you get saved, you're going to go from give me, give me, give me. I'm going to please myself. I'm going to do what I want. I'm going to spend all my house time. I'm going to live how I want to live. I'm going to tell you what you'll find. You can do that and be fine for a moment, but you'll find yourself in the way of soul. And no man would give unto him this world your friend as long as you ain't got something to benefit from. But as soon as you find yourself in the big pen, they're all gone. They're all gone. Yes, sir. The land of He went from giving, giving, giving to make me because he came to himself. He said, maybe he's one of the hired servants. Look here, look here. I love the problem. Why my favorite story on the Bible? I can preach, I can preach from this son. Look with me now. Verse 17. Verse 17. And he came to himself. He said, how many hired servants of my fathers have bread enough to spare? And I perish with hunger. Would everybody agree with me? That he's the son. Yeah. You know what he says? The son. I'm starving. That's what the father country did to you. The son is starving. But the servants, they're not only filled, but they have. We just read it. They have more than enough. They have enough to spare. Let me tell you something. Everybody looks, looks at what we're doing this morning. They're poor, pitiful people. They can't get drunk on Saturday night. By the way, saved people won't be getting drunk on Saturday night. They can't get drunk on Saturday night. They can't walk around naked at the beach. Help me somebody. They can't go to every hellacious concert. Yeah. Uh, down the Corbin Arena where they're all, listen, come on, somebody, help me right here. Come saved. You, you ought to back what I'm saying. Hey. They're all drinking fornicating, smoking dope, and hey, and it's and, and the presence of hell's in their place. Ain't no child of God got no business. Amen. 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 That is right. right. They say poor, pitiful Christians. Oh, they can't go. There's a big concert here or something. Within the next day or two, the reason I know is I couldn't get most of them back to us now. They said it's called a concert. You know what they say to us while they're all hung over this morning? They poor, pitiful people. Right. They got to go down there and sit, listen to that little short, midget, fat looking little crazy, <laughs> but eyed preacher. Yeah, that's right, brother. They poor people. <laughs> hey, man. <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy, the ugliest fellow I ever seen. Hey, man. Hey, man. But you know what they do? They feel sorry for us. Because they look at all these things we're not enjoying. But can I say in the midnight hour when mama's laying in the bed or grandpa's on the ventilator or cancer comes or, or, or listen to me when trouble comes and the only place they can turn is Facebook. Please pray. Please pray. My mother, my father, please pray. Listen, thank God as a child of God in the midnight hour that you and I can find ourselves on our knees. And the Bible said we're going to die right now. We can come back before the throne room of grace. I'm trying to tell you, you may have to lose some 
some things in this world. Uh, but my friend, you'll gain ten times. Uh, have a peace and a joy. Yes. Yes. Once he comes home, there's rejoicing. But then if you'll flip your Bible over to Luke 16, you'll find the last of the four sinners in prayer. I want you to look with me in verse 19. You're there to say amen. And there was a certain rich man which was clothed in purple and fine linen and fair sumptuously every day. There was a certain beggar named Lazarus which was that which was laid at his gate full of sores, and designed to be fed with the crumbs that fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. It came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. And in hell he lifted up his eyes, being in torments, and see if Abraham far off and Lazarus in his bosom. Yeah. Now here's his prayer. He said, and he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me. And send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. May I say for the lost sheep that sinner's prayer can bring salvation and hope. For that lost coin, that one that may be in the house today, the lights came on, the Holy Ghost is sweeping, you've been exposed, you're no longer hiding out under the cloak of religion. There's hope in that sinner's prayer for you. And for that prodigal, for that person that may be dwelling in the land of sloth, there's hope in that prayer for you. You can come to yourself. There's hope. But once you get to chapter 16, and you find the prayer that comes from the lips of a sinner in hell, listen to me, we're almost done. All hope is gone. That's right. Three out of the four, they can pray and they can get help. But if you wait, if you wait, you become that fourth one. There's no more hope. Listen to me. Everybody look at me and listen. I know you get restless. We'll fix and go. But this is the most important part of the service. If you wait, listen, there's not one human being that's ever breathed there that's not prayed the sinner's prayer. Not one. And if you'll pray that prayer, man, with your heart on this side, it'll save you. He'll save you. But if you wait, and you will, you will pray. If you lift your eyes in hell, there's not one atheist, there's, there's not, listen, there's not one unbeliever, there's not one. They all had cried out like the rich man, 
said, oh, Lord, have mercy on me. But it's too late. You've been left with a choice today. You can either pray that prayer today and get help be saved. You don't have to live lost or you can wait and pray in eternity where there's no hope. There's no help. Let me ask you something. We'll fix it up. Close out. Let's just go ahead and all stand. Close your eyes. Bow your head. Brother Eric, tell me. I'm going to ask you a question this morning. Is there anything in your life worth going to hell over? I've been preaching 39 minutes and 